At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with cart. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I welcome I have a special guest today. Before we do some readings, I, I want to bring it to the attention of our audience. I, um, I believe heavily in synchronicity or the idea that certain things line up for a reason that's likely larger than we realize in our normal 3D world. I'm switching up the format a little for tonight's show to introduce a special guest. I hope that each of you enjoy what we're about to discuss. I was first introduced to Dr. Walker through my older brother, Jamie Ciafalo, a previous special guest on our show who has a background in education himself. And when my brother highly recommended Dr. Walker to me to discuss her background and achievement, I knew that I had to invite her on the show. Originally from Jamaica, Dr. Walker has held many jobs, beginning as a housekeeper and continuing her education by obtaining two master degrees, currently holds her position as a special education teacher at Dwight Morrow High School in Englewood, New Jersey. What I want to do tonight is present Dr. Walker in a way that few get to see. She's worked hard to not only elevate herself, but she sacrificed in many ways her, her personal life to help her children, and in my opinion, her story emphasizes our perpetual stride to pursue the ideals of the American dream, where we come to achieve and uh, advance ourselves so that our posterity and others might benefit. Dr. Walker has authored a book called The Hurt from Within, a self-help book that addresses recent events associated with each of our adjustments to our new normal from the pandemic and from COVID-19. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Dr. Walker to the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Walker. I appreciate you joining me? me tonight. And I, what's that? Are you here? I can me? hear you. We can hear you. Yes. Good and you're live on the you. air with our audience right now. Yeah. Welcome uh-huh. to the show. I, uh, Thanks. I wanted, I wanted to introduce you to the show and I appreciate your perspective and your insight. And I wanted to talk about the hurt from within 
a self-help book. And mm-hmm. the first question I wanted to ask you is, what motivated you to write The Hurt From Within? As a teacher with 26 years of experience, I felt as though with the coronavirus, it was so hard. Our world suddenly transformed from being a lively, thriving, and inviting place to an isolated nightmare. And with that in mind, I decided to go in depth because while we cannot control all that happens to us, we can decide how we are going to meet life challenges. So I decided to write this book to reevaluate my thoughts, particularly if, because it involved anxiety. I had to paraphrase because people are not disturbed by things but their view of them. And while everyone is in it together, each person and family has unique challenges related to the COVID-19 as well. So I made sure I reach out to be willing to help others. It so happened that my daughter and my husband both had the COVID-19, and it brought a complete change in my life as a person. How did that change your life? having two family members deal with the virus firsthand? It was hard because in my home in particular, I was in-house for 14 days, couldn't go outside. My, and the thing is that although you have friends and they appear to be nice to you, all I can think of is a mask and a glove. No one wants to come near to you. So I had to practice mindfulness and appreciate the basic things such as a little moving around in the house, going downstairs, coming upstairs, doing all kind of foolishness in order to socialize myself in my own way. I can understand that, and I know everybody has had personal experiences with this. I want to I want to go into your background before we go back into your book for a second. I want to ask you. So, you were originally from Jamaica, is that correct? Yes. And when you came to the United States, I like to always focus on people's journeys. I like to highlight journeys because when you came to the United States, as I said in your introduction, you held different jobs before you got to where you eventually wound up in your career with education. Is that right? Yes, I was a principal and came here as an illegal immigrant. Okay. And I had to okay. work in people's house, clean houses, take care of their babies, work in the nursing home, $3 an hour. Mm. Wow. At one point, you know, three that- jobs. Wow. I was going to say, interestingly enough, when you said that you came here illegally, you then got it properly established. And I'm sure you have a unique perspective with the immigration issue that's been going on in the last several years in our country. I'm very supportive of people who want to emigrate here. That's what I believe the American dream is all about, is people coming to our country to try to make something better for themselves. Or, you know, that's traditionally been at least our, you know, our general mainstay with that. And so you're actually an example of that. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and in terms of your, of your individual background, because you got your two master degrees and your doctorate, what did you get your doctorate in? Counseling and language. Okay. Counseling language. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And um, you have a unique perspective because you're up in New Jersey and that's where I'm from originally. And I know being here in Florida, we had a pretty open society with the COVID thing. And I know 
you guys had a much harder time at the early set of the pandemic in terms of trying to implement the new normal. Uh, how has the schools been adjusting? Because I know that's also another topic that's been relevant right now is education and reintegrating the schools after the, the lockdown. And have you seen any changes occurring or do you have an opinion on that yourself about, you know, relating to addressing that? Yes, you know, it? school closed School closures have meant that children stayed at home with parents and caregivers who had to juggle caretaking, learning supervision, and potential telework responsibility. Participating in school from home is one way in which we wanted to say stop the spread of the COVID-19, but it was also a challenge that online platforms and learning communities became essential as children and their, fa- and their families turned to digital solution. Some were very supportive. Some really, as a teacher, gave us a hard time because they were, they were scared. For me as a person, the, the, the virtual learning has helped me cognitively to be a little smarter in my own way of life. It was challenges for the the teachers and the counselors because it was not only learning. Some of the parents never knew their children before. For the first time, they're sitting on a table to eat with them, to really help them with their lessons. So it was really, really a challenge. Students experienced nervous and anxious behavior due to the uncertainty about being home, having parents looking in their faces, you know, families and communities want to join together to troubleshoot, but with the, tradi- uh, with the pandemic, it was so hard. Your book, and, and looking at The Hurt From Within, I guess what I want to ask you first before we go further is, what made you come up with your title, The Hurt From Within? Because each one of us experienced our own hurt. From within, loss of jobs, just think for a moment, to the health. That's a good point. Some of those students who were having speech therapy no longer have that. You know, the kids who have to get vaccine and measles shots and influenza, whooping cough and others, all of that was not available as it should. We miss significant life events. Physical distances can feel like placing life on hold. The truth is that the clock, key, the clock keeps ticking, but birthdays, graduation, talent show, vacation plans, births, and funerals are just a sample of the many significant life events that a lot of us missed out on. COVID-19. I, I agree with that. Uh, you know what, that's all, and I guess I understand what you're saying. I agree with that. I, I'd say out of abundance of caution, we had to do those things, but you're right. Looking at it now, I was talking to someone earlier today, and I said, I refer to, like, November of 2019, like, last November, because I literally have a year that's been <laughs> paused, like you said. So I, I connect with that completely. I believe it's true, and I think we're going to all be re- readjusting to that for a very long time with the new normal that we have is that we've, we feel like we've lost a gap of time in about a year or longer. And it's unfortunate. But I think, you know, looking at it going forward, it's going to be something collectively that we as a society and we as a planet are going to have to deal with that. And you're right. The hurt from within makes sense because everyone that's hurt in some private way and people have been deprived of the normal activities and 
events and everything that has miles. We, we go by milestones if you think about how we live our lives. You know, we graduate college or high school. We gather yearly for, you know, a couple times a year for holidays and events and those kind of things. And I can see that the, the real impact, and I think that's going to be something that we see for a while that we're going to really be understanding. I think there will be experts in the future that use this time frame as a point of reference to define what's the future of our country and what each of us look like going forward. I want to ask you this. Yeah, because, you mentioned yeah. – oh, go ahead. We're going to say Do you have a point you want to add? I'm sorry. No, I wanted to think of um, bringing in the loss of security and safety where the household income of many families with children are affected during the COVID-19 due to job loss and lost wages, economic Absolutely. insecurity, you know, consistently linked to the adverse development of academic achievement and health outcome. And sure. we could go on and go on. <laughs> We had, we had, so, this thing is on so many levels impacted everything we know that when you, I, like I was looking at your book and you mentioned, for example, terms such as sorrow, loss, abandonment, isolation, grief, and frustration. I think that that'll probably be like a word cloud for 2020. <laughs> when everyone looks at 2020, they'll be filled with a lot of those words, but I'm hopeful that they'll also be filled with like rebirth, you know, personal growth, betterment fulfillment, hopefully, you know, when we get through the other side of this, and I feel like we're getting there. I, I, I find it interesting for me, living through it like everyone else, I was pretty shocked that we were, there were people that, there were shortages of toilet paper, and you mentioned the, 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 the shortage of surgical masks and latex mm-hmm. dr- uh, gloves, and mm-hmm. uh, it's true. Like, when this thing happens, society itself gets challenged, the core fabric of our society. I remember last March when the when, when, you know, when things were first announced, it was as if basically, you know, we as a society had fears of what's next. You know, I remember when the lockdown first happened, I went and picked up my mom and brought her to Tampa. She's 30 minutes south of here because I didn't know what to expect. And mm-hmm. um, I feel very fortunate that we've been able to keep most of the society fabric still together. But you're right. There's millions of people without work and there's families that are suffering and there's special need children and our educational systems in crisis. As an educator, and for someone that thought enough about this topic to put out your own book, what would you recommend to our audience as they grapple with their own personal hurt from within? Hmm. I, I hope my pragmatic language is right, is that you maintain a normal routine, talk, listen, and encourage, you know, give honest and accurate information Teach simple steps to stay healthy, be alert, and change change your behavior. And decide no matter what, you hold it to yourself that even though you have hurts or hurt from within, you can overcome the hurt. And so you as a person have to decide what am I going to do to make a change with the hurt that is within. I love that. I um I was looking at your at your book and you were talking about also you identified the health crisis, the education crisis, mental health crisis, domestic violence. Those are very important aspects of all this that maybe most of us don't really think about. We look at the healthcare crisis or the you know the the, the way the media published, you know, handles this is they'll look at the health side. We see the statistics, how many deaths are there a day? What's the overall death count? What's the overall number of cases? 
And now they look at it in terms of how many vaccinations, percentage of the vaccinations that have occurred for the population. And so they look at it in very, like, status, like a statistician would do. <laughs> when in reality, there's just so many other layers to this crisis. And you've mentioned several within your book. And I guess what I want to ask you is, when you, when you focus for an areas, did you have a moment, like an aha moment, where you got hit by the severity of how many people have truly been uprooted by COVID-19 and its impact on our society? Like, cause I'm looking at your book and I'm thinking to myself, you're right. That is every single thing that, that's a listing of things that have been pure chaos for us. And yet it's not really broadcasted as much as it should be. The, the, the different layers and the different, you know, I, I think what I want to know from your vantage point as an educator, how do you think the education crisis will get resolved going forward? I, uh, in my district, they're, they're planning to reopen school, but I feel as though school is going to be open for a week and then they're going to close it down. And um, it's a lot that I go through. I process cognitively and emotionally as to what is really going to take place, you know, and maybe I don't have the right answer, but one thing I know in writing the book and the pandemic, I, it has helped me as a person to see whereby I have touched over 2,000 lives in cooking and doing other things, and um, because of that, I know I'll be stepping out a different person in that because I have practice mindfulness and appreciate the basic things in life, I learn to realize that when you're complaining over what is happening in your life, you just step out and look into somebody else's life. And while everyone is in it together, each person in each family has a unique challenge related to life. I'm not sure I can answer you the question because even while planning to go back to school, I'm so nervous as to what the outcome will be with regards to the change and the difference of tomorrow. What's your greatest fear as an educator about going back into the schools after having the lockdown and the isolation? Like, what do you think for you personally would be your greatest fear? Will the children be willing to finish the school year by beginning to do work because it's a challenge to get them to really be on target and the whole adaptation of being away for so long and to come back into the school itself, what will life be? I, I can't control what will happen or decide it, but I am fearful as to how I'm going to meet the challenges of tomorrow. Absolutely. Looking at your at your information, you mentioned that you had two thousand hours of volunteerism. Can you can you explain that a little further for our audience so they can understand that? Yeah, what, like what happened? The the COVID came down on us suddenly, and there were a lot of parents who could not even find food for the children to eat. Which is, I'm in a high school setting, so I had to body with about ten other people and decide to cook every day and let them come in a line and receive food. And, um, you know, so it's like you take your drink, you take your food, and you go. And it was hard, hard to 
to try to be a $1 millionaire in that you have so many people feeding and we have X amount of chicken or rice or vegetable. But whether you believe it or not, with 10 of us, we did it. It so happened that a group of people came in and saw what we're doing and volunteer to give a, a few free food every day, which added to our supply. And um, united we stand, divided we fall. It, as a result of that, we were able to tap in with even the Felician sisters in Lodi, New Jersey, who made blankets <laughs> and other things that were distributed to students and people in need. So it wasn't the easiest thing, but it allowed me to become a philanthropist and realize that there's nothing I have that is so great that I cannot share with other people. My Another program that I reach out with regards to my book is that there's an orphanage in Jamaica, West Indies, where the boys are having it real hard, so whatever the proceed I receive from the book, I send it to Jamaica for this program to help boys to live a better life, learn skills, and be a man for tomorrow. If you can get me that information about the orphanage and the name of it and any kind of information, if anyone wants to learn more about it, I'd like to get that. If you can get that to me, I'll be happy to share that with my audience, by the way. Yes, and my book is also on Amazon. The e-book is $2, and the um, paperback is $7. And whatever you do in the purchase of that goes towards the orphanage in Jamaica, West Indies. That'd be, that'd be great. So it's available as an ebook as well as uh, available as a paperback through Amazon? Yes, yes, yes. If you can get me the link to that, I'd be happy to put that up on my show notes for tonight's show as well, by the way, um, okay. to share with our audience. I, I wanted okay. to, um, to ask you regarding the rest of this year is going to look like based on what you've seen going on in New Jersey from your personal experience. Like, how do you think the rest of the school year looks and going back in the fall? Like, what do you, what's your opinion as an educator? Do you think that they'll be able to integrate the schools properly coming back from social distancing? Let me tell you, it's going to be a task. It's nothing that's going to happen overnight. I see whereby we're going to go back in person and families and communities hopefully will join together to troubleshoot ways to make the transition back to in-person schools safe and healthy. But believe me, it's not going to be so easy because you have some of the parents who are avoiding this back-to-school while some are tired of the in-home thing, and a lot of people still not, parents are not buying into the, the vaccination, and it's complex. It's complex as it is now, and as I said before, we cannot control all that happens to us but we can decide how we are going to meet life challenges. I'm prepared as a fighter to fight the challenges of going back and hope that things will come to normal once more. I, um, I couldn't say that any better. I, I think it's true. It's, it's going to take a process. It's going to take time. It's going to take us a while to, to be able to dig ourselves out of the holes we've been through the last 13 months or so. When you look at your educational background and the students you've worked with and the counseling experience you have, what is the most rewarding thing that you could point to in your career 
as an educator that you'd want to show our audience that they don't, they don't normally think about. So, for example, if you're an educator, you know, people in our audience know who teachers are, educators are, but from your perspective, what's your personal, I guess, a moment for yourself as, as an educator that you find to be the most rewarding that you'd like to share with our audience that perhaps they don't think about because they're not educators themselves? Well, you know, it's amazing you asked for that question. And the most profound statement that I could say to you tonight is that each and every one of us should make a mark and not a scar. So how I look on life is that each child I work with, I have three youngsters of my own, but I've helped more than 23 children or youngsters. Maybe it's clothing, maybe it's helping in college, it's doing so many little things. So I leave a mark and not a scar. I have now gotten a name, Mama. Not that I'm Mama. I've also got Mother Teresa because no matter what <laughs> it is, it could be the winter month and that child needs a socks or a scarf or a gloves or something to eat. I'd rather go without lunch and give that child that little money to make sure that child is fed. So I make sure I leave a mark and not a scar. I hope that materialize or come to some conclusion of how I feel as an educator. And so I can step out there. I also work in the jail. Not that I want to work there, but that's the only way to get in touch with some of those lawyers, that when my kids get in trouble, I can tap into them and allow them to be able to get one more chance to be a better person tomorrow. Wow, that's very profound. And I appreciate you volunteering or working in the jail and also doing the stuff you do in your background as an educator. I, I know that you received uh, an award, the 2019 Civic Duties Award in Englewood yeah. uh, Community Trust Award Outreach Coordinator. Uh, can yeah. you tell us a little about that? That's a, that's a really great accomplishment. Well, I, I don't even know how I was selected, but I heard that a lot of the parents, you know, they, once you do something, it goes around. And I was called in for an interview, and quite a lot of parents had made a um, specific statement about what I've done for them, their children. And I was called in, and then I was told that I have done an outstanding job in the city of Englewood. So I was given the community award, the Mother Teresa Award, for reaching out to so many people within the sphere of my environment. And I was honored and yet humbled at that great award. Thank you. I think that's phenomenal. I, I like, love to hear when people are notable, uh, unsung heroes type thing. You know, it's not something you see when you put on the TV, but someone like you who does all this stuff behind the scenes, doing so many different things. I, you mentioned that you did work at the jail. You know, I believe you worked with, in, you know, young adults who had impulsivity, distractibility, and social withdrawal issues. Those are complicated things to deal with. You're not just volunteer. You're just not going to the jail and, and serving food. You're there helping your students who get in trouble. As a, as a, if that's what it sounds like from my interview with you today, and that's admirable. Yeah. I, um, it, it's not every day that someone like you crosses my path, and I, I want to appreciate that and just tell you that you know. I wanted to have you on the show today just because I identify 
with everything that COVID's been doing, and I like the idea of showcasing different sides of that equation. For example, you're an educator, and you've put out your own book to help benefit, you know, from your own personal experiences, your, your, your take of this. It's almost like the chronicle, in a way, of relaying to yourself that this is what I've been through. And collectively, we as a society can each have almost like our own book, right, if we wanted to write one, but you did one. And I appreciate you doing that and coming on the show to discuss that tonight. I want to close because I, I told you we'd do 30 minutes, and, and I, we're almost there already. It goes so fast. But I want to close and ask you, where do you see yourself going next after getting involved in this stuff and, and, and doing the things that you've done already? Like, what do, you, what do you see yourself doing five years from now? Just keep on doing it. It's such a joy. Excellent. So of course, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things I want to do for the show is also showcase people who are mentors and the empowerment type of thing. And I, I, I'm just really excited that, you know, that's something that we have to be able to do. So I, I really thank you for coming on the show and sharing your information with us. If you can uh, send me the link to your book sure. so I could put it in our show notes, I'll make that available to our audience. And I also want to, you know, anytime you can come back and let me know if you have anything else that you've updated, for example, your project with the orphanage in Jamaica or anything else, I, I would love to, to highlight that. And sure. um, before I leave, I want to express my profound thanks to your audience and to you with humility and sincerity, how grateful I am for you giving me this exposure. And I want to say thanks. And bless You're welcome. You. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and I appreciate it. The Hurt from Within self-help book available on Amazon as an e-book and as a paperback, and I will provide that in the show notes once I get the link. But thank you so much, Dr. Walker, for coming on the show and sharing your important story with us. I appreciate it. Thank you most profoundly. Thank you. Great. I'll leave you on so you can listen. <laughs> thank you. All right. Um, I want to thank our audience for being patient. I really wanted to feature Dr. Walker uh, for the show, and I'm I'm glad that we could have that opportunity. What we're going to do now is return to our normal format. Uh, I'm going to give some readings to some people that have called in. I want everyone in our audience to think about COVID, how it's affected each of you, and one of the things I reflected on when I, when I looked at Dr. Dr. Walker's book is it gave me a point of reflection for me, for myself, because we just always look at the, 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 the daily routine that we deal with. And we don't always think about the bigger aspects of our lives and how they, we intersect with each other. When I started talking to Dr. Walker to prepare for the show tonight, I was so thoroughly impressed with her ability to, you know, I have a lot with educators I respect, but also the, the empathy. We need so much more of that in this world. People going out of their way to feed help, you know, feed needy people and helping people. We just need more of that. And that's my main point as a takeaway from our interview with her tonight is I just respect and admire all that she's doing and all that she's done. And she's been recognized for that in her local community. But I wanted to bring her on the show to thank her. And, you know, that's really important. So. With that said, I want to first call her on the show, Carla, and see what uh, her question might be. Hi, Carla. Welcome Hi. to the show. This is Jason Zook. How are you doing today? Hi. Great. I have a question for you. Um, Thank you. The people next 
next door to me just rented a uh, was renting a house and they just bought it. Um, I guess last Friday from um, the previous owner, and I was always nice to them. And you know they're kind of little people that you really would want to stay away from, you know, standoffish mm-hmm. a little bit. But I was always nice, nice to their dogs. The day they bought the house, they just started getting nasty, saying that they're going to put up a fence, they're going to cut come on my property and cut down my um, plants. I'm just like, uh, that's against the law. You cannot come on, you know. I know all the laws and all that stuff. And they got a so-called survey, which is just totally bizarre. So I got a survey. I, you know, I said, you know, I ordered a survey, you know, just to make sure, you know, where the property boundaries are because I never got one when I bought my house. And so uh, then they were all nice. Well, today he comes and sees me and starts being nasty again, saying where he's going to put his fence and blah, 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 and starting up again about cutting my stuff down. And where he's saying that his so-called survey company said where the line is doesn't make sense for where they are in front, you know, just totally off the wall. I think this guy is not telling the truth, trying to bully me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the survey will come up and show what's accurate, you know, otherwise, you know, the county gets involved. But what do you see happening with In terms, what's going on with Yeah. I mean, is he just trying to be a bully? I mean, is he gonna you know, is he, what he says about his his so-called property line, is that accurate? Because he really doesn't know. I see what I see is a resolution in the future. I don't see it Uh being a drawn-out process. There's going to be something with the officials because of the surveys that you have. There's going to be somebody who makes a definitive determination in the future that resolves this. So I don't see this Uh being a drawn-out thing over over a series of years or anything like that. I don't think it's going to be a litigation type of thing. I think it's going to be more so of you know, you guys coming together with some local official and somebody making that decision of where that boundary is and that'll be what it is. I don't, I, I would say that from just listening to you talk during our short call and the energy I'm getting from you, I feel like you could be very bothered by the situation. And one of the things I would suggest oh, he, yes, is to try to nasty. get detached. Get, yeah, I know. And if someone's like that with you, but to detach yourself and not have it, you know, become worse, uh, the de-escalated, mm-hmm. uh, that would be better for you on a, on a personal level uh, in terms of your own a- aggravation with things and just being mm-hmm. able to move beyond it. So in terms of how I see it playing out, I think there's going to be a strong possibility that it gets, it gets resolved with some type of a definitive demarcation between your properties that you both have to live okay. with. Okay. Yeah. But is he kind of like, is he going to be con- him and his wife going to be continually, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but just being so unfriendly now all of a sudden. Well, when there's neighbors, you're not, you know, there are pe- some people live next to each other and don't talk to each other ever. I could see that yeah. being a potential yeah, between we you were, guys. I yeah, feel like, yeah, yeah. but you also have a property dispute and you have to look at that in realistic terms. If you want to live yeah. next to somebody with peace, then you're going to work towards building peace with each other. But it doesn't sound like you yeah. guys are building any peace with one another. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think you guys are escalating things. So one of my things I would say, and I understand that, 
I would think that if you took steps to de-escalate, not, not give up on your position, but de-escalate mm-hmm. yeah. the tone with each other, that he would probably uh-huh. reciprocate over time. But right now, he doesn't trust you. And it's not your fault. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's his feelings on things. Oh, and he's very paranoid. I think he's, he drinks heavy. He's very yeah. frustrated, too. I feel like he's very yeah. frustrated by things, and I feel like he feels like, from his vantage point, he just wants to have peace with the situation, and then he wants to be left alone. He doesn't want to be friends yeah. with neighbors. He doesn't want to go to events. Yeah. He doesn't want people coming to his house and asking him a ton of questions. Yeah. yeah. Meddling. Very, and meddling in his life. Of I, I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like he feels like there's neighbors on the block that are very meddlesome. They stick their nose where it doesn't belong. That's what, I, that's yeah, like that's what he always thought of me. Yeah, that's what he always thought of me. He's probably describing uh, that of you, that you're a busy body, that you don't have your own things going on, and that you don't have the collective yeah. ability and that you're in his way, and he doesn't want you to bother him, basically. He thinks you harass him. Yeah. He thinks oh, you harass him, just so you know that. So you think oh. he's being hostile to you, and I think he thinks you're harassing him. Oh, so, God. Yeah. My suggestion, uh, if I was in your situation, yeah. I would try to de-escalate it. I would let whatever formal determination comes out of it, and then if you want peace uh-huh. with him, I would just leave it, leave it where it lies instead of trying. And don't go out of your way to try to be friendly with somebody when you have that type of dispute. You gotta let time heal yeah. that. It's not gonna be just something that automatically, you know, cures itself. Yeah. And don't expect a Christmas okay. card anytime soon. <laughs> oh no. But, so more or less just kinda ignore them. I would don't I would even it, like, stay in your own lane. Yeah, stay in your respective lanes yeah. about it. Get it to get it's gonna get it's gonna get resolved no matter what. He can't build a fence on your property, you know, on your property yeah. line. Whatever's demarked between the two of you is gonna be uh-huh. the way it is. But I wouldn't I wouldn't escalate yeah. it any further and I I think it's going to get resolved, and either way, you're going to you're going to move past this. But I don't see you guys okay. being chummy, chummy either. So get it out of. I'm just going to say what I'm picking up. Get it out of your head that this person's ever going to invite you over or want to be friends with you in any capacity oh, no, whatsoever. No. Oh, this no, person I wants nothing want. at all. I'm yeah. channeling him. He wants nothing to do with you. He looks at you and he runs the other way. Yeah, I don't want just anything so you know. to do with him either. Because yeah. they one are of you just... might move off the street in the future too. I feel like someone might move in the, well, in the future down the road. See, that's what I my plan is. Cause my um, I just lost my mom, and as oh, soon so as my dad crosses, um, you know, the house is mine until he crosses, and mm-hmm. then I have two houses, him, his, and mine. I was planning on selling it. He mm-hmm. already knows I want to get the heck out of here, and um, so, you know, that's my plan. But I keep on getting from my guides that something's going to happen that um, they will be leaving. Or he will be leaving. I, I, I'm saying one of you two is going to be. You're not going to be living next yeah. to each other five years from now. That's what I get. So oh, it might be where your, your, your father. Yeah, well, I'm just telling you, I, I do see you moving. Or I, I think you're going to move at some point in the future or they're going to. Someone moves. That's what I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But as long as I just keep up my um, shield of protection and just kind of ignore them, they're not going to bother me. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna okay. bother you. I, I think this guy's pretty tired with things in his life right now. Outside of you, he's got a lot of other things he's been dealing with. So you'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. That's all I'm concerned is because he's like a walking right. time bomb. He's always yeah. drunk and extremely paranoid. Yeah. Well, he's up in the middle of the night yeah. walking around I, the houses. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I yeah. understand. I, I appreciate your question. I'm going to call okay. on a couple of the calls. Thank you I, so I want to try much. to get as many people as I can. But thank okay. you. I'll leave you on so you can listen. But thank you for supporting the show. And uh, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.
959. Hi, Stacey. This is Jason Cook. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Do you have a question Thank for us? You. Where are you calling from? Um, well, it's kind of a tough one for me, um, but it's almost like I have to do it in, in the situation that I'm in right now. Um, it's just one of those things that I have to do in order to get a peace of mind. Um, I'm trying to file bankruptcy, but I haven't really started the process because I have to move. Because um, I, I was on a waiting list for this place for a long time, so I couldn't really say no to it because I was in dire need of moving out. Um, I kind of feel like I'm like the last, sort of like the last um, person that you're supposed to like doing bad neighbors. Um, but my mind was just like worse with dealing with you know, the house in the neighborhood was just really bad. And so I couldn't really do anything. Um, so it's like everything's going to delay trying to do this bankruptcy. Um, so it's like I'm just trying to see what you see. So you, you just to summarize your question in short, is you want to see how the, uh, how, how long will it take for the bankruptcy to get resolved or what your status is or something like that? Is that what I, I'm picking up? Yeah, like I haven't really filed it yet. I haven't really um, uh-huh. completely did like my questionnaire thing and all that. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to, um, I'm trying to start doing that. So I just don't so what's know because I know right now question? I have like a lot. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to follow what you're asking. I just want to make sure I can address the question. So specifically, what's your okay. question? Um. I'm just trying to seek a peace of mind, <laughs> just trying to see everything will be fine when I do um, bankruptcy because I, I guess my anxiety is like, oh, my God, what if this and this happen? you know, what if this is too late? Because yeah. I, I okay. do have a pending um, thing going on. I don't know what the court date is for this one um, lawsuit that I'm dealing with, but I'm, I'm sure I might get more lawsuits. <laughs> um, so I'm just you know trying what? to figure out. Up. Here's what I pick up for you. You're going to reorganize yourself, okay? You reorganize your financial life, your personal life, your work career. Everything is going to be restructured. But in the end, you land on your feet. You're not going under. You're not going to lose everything. You're not going to be, you know, relegated to having to pay off tremendous debt the rest of your life. I think there's going to be certain things yeah. that come through as opportunities for you. If it's the bankruptcy, as well as other things you're going to do to work things out, I feel like you're going to be more financially stable about a year from now. It's going to take about a good 12 to 15 months after the process concludes to rebuild at least part of things in your life. It's not, I'm not going to tell you it's, it's going to be so easy. It's going to be challenging for you. But I think what you've been through in the last couple of years, it's going to, it's going to be seen as something as a relief for you. It's going to be better for you. You're going to have clarity. You're going to know where you stand on things. You're not going to be feeling like every time you open the door that someone's going to serve you with a lawsuit or take something away from you or look at you with a, with a certain look. I don't see that. And I also would tell you that when it comes to your personal dealings with everything you're going through, uh, that you should be more lenient with yourself. Allow yourself to realize, yes, you're going through certain things right now, but keep in mind how many millions of others are as well. So I share that with you because I think it's not going to be nearly as bad as you're fearful. So the the, the worst thoughts in your mind dispel of them because I don't see that. And in terms of what you have ahead, I think it's going to be challenging going through the fall for yourself. It's going to be uncomfortable and challenging because of the processes you're going to go through. But at the same time, I also think you're going to find liberation or freedom of things, freedom from burdens, 
freedom from worry and freedom from fear. Right. Yeah, I've been so, in mental distress for the last two years um, with all that. I know, and, um, and I can see that. And I'm going to tell you that that's not going to be what you have going forward into 2022 and 2023. And actually, I'm going to readjust my time frame because it, since you haven't filed the bankruptcy yet, and I was saying next year, it's not at this time. It's going to be a year from the fall that you – like November of 2022 is when you're going to start feeling – financially, like you're rebuilding yourself to the point that you know in a, in a certain number of years you're going to rebuild your life. You okay. just have to be patient with the process. Right. Pa- patient with the yeah, process was... and you're, you're going to be okay. Slow and steady. Okay. That's yeah, right. I was trying to do it back in December and it's just like the, the lawyer that I talked to, I, I just didn't feel right um, because it was just too much. I got to print out so much. This one is like I could do everything online. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just trying to gather information and all of a sudden the move came and that kind of delayed it. Um, the move part was the best part of it. So, um, See, you're going to have good so, stuff going on outside of this, by the way. I know this is your financial life right now and I know how bad Money issues can affect us a lot of times, but you're going to have right. other aspects of your life that makes this not as much of your focus or your sole focus where you're worried and concerned about. You're going to have new people coming back into your life that you're reconnecting with. I feel like you're going to have things and activities that are going to keep you preoccupied with your mind healthily so you're not so burdened and worried. You know, I, I feel like that's coming up for you, summer and fall. So it's not all bad, bad, okay. bad. In fact, there's a light at the end of that. You know what I mean? So, right. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you I'm for calling in. I appreciate it. For that. Thank you. Thank you That's so what I much. See. Thank you. Stay, stay slow <laughs> and steady. Stay calm. You're going to be okay. <laughs> That's the point. All, All right. right. Thank you. All right. Thank All you. Right. you. Bye-bye. Uh, I share that sentiment. I know a lot of people are fearful of the financial ramifications of everything that's been going on, but the reality is there are millions of people out there that are dealing with the same thing, so keep that in mind that you're not in the vacuum. All right. 510. Hi, hello. hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I have your name, please. Tamika. My name is Tamika. Hi, Tamika. Welcome to the show. Have you called before? No. um, It may have been years and years ago. Uh, I've only been here three years uh, with my show, but welcome to the show. That's what I'm saying. It could have been three three years ago. Okay. No no worries. Well, where are you calling from, Tamika? Um, California. Okay, thank you for calling in. What is your question? I wanted to know what. Can you tell me what energy is around me that's pushing, pulling, and tugging on me and hitting me in the head, trying to get my attention? But I don't understand what they're trying to say. Interesting. I'm going to tell you a point of reference. I'm going to first before I get into this. When I first started out as a medium many moons ago in 2004, I remember that. Before I understood what I was dealing with, I used to have things in my sleep, move my arm, push my arm up in the air, push my legs aside, trying to get your attention like you're describing. And so I think it might – have you felt that you've been awoke in a way or been perceptive your whole life and you've really never paid attention to it? That you pick up things? I've always had nightmares. Yeah, 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 because I've always had nightmares and stuff when I was little, well, so I would have to sleep because I couldn't, I couldn't sleep in the night because I knew somebody was there. Well, in other words, what you're describing to me, at least my impression of it, is you're describing a situation where you have, there's so many people who have intuitive abilities, and a lot of, there's some people that are very sensitive to it and very alert to it, and I at least 
will recognize as you tell me that I got goosebumps right now. I think and that's mm-hmm. a confirmation for me when I do things. I think you might be open. Mm-hmm. You have certain intuitive abilities where the spiritual side can pick up on your energy and they're trying to communicate to you. Now, that's not right. to be seen as something malevolent, okay? People fear what they don't understand. And personally, I'm going to tell you that before I got yeah. comfortable as a psychic medium, I was in my 30s and I slept with the lights on at night. Like I was a little kid scared of the dark. And I felt comfort mm-hmm. in light because I didn't know what was trying to get my attention. It was only years later that I realized it's because I'm a medium and whatever energies are out there wanted to get my attention to try to relay messages to others for the most part. Yeah, and it's like frustrating because I don't understand what the message is. All I feel is body movement. You know, my body being turned this well, way, that way, being pulled. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just don't exactly understand. It's exactly what I'm describing with the moving of my arms in the air. And, and it almost, I almost felt like I was like, it's crazy. It's a crazy being thing. Being forced it's a to turn a certain way. Is, yeah, yeah, like you're being controlled yeah, it's scary, And it's scary. Isn't it scary? Yeah, you can't, you can't, it's like you can't stop the energy, right? You can't stop the energy from pulling on you. You're like stuck well, in whatever well, position they got you in. I got goosebumps again. Not only that. And it's like, come, it's like, what do you want? It's like, let me go. And what do you want? That's the, that's I'm going to give you a short-term remedy. I want to give you a short-term remedy that worked for me many years ago and still continues to work for me. And what I would suggest mm-hmm. is to um, zip yourself up, so to speak, uh, pretend before you go to sleep. You, you, you can command the spiritual world to leave you alone. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. it's like uh, the snooze button or the do not disturb button on your iPhone. You're going to pretend yeah. in your mind that when you go to sleep, you are putting out there with the intention, pray to God, whatever you want to do, but you're putting out there with the intention that while you sleep, nothing disturbs you. You're like in an impenetrable cocoon. And you imagine yeah. yourself this loving energy surrounding yourself and your spirit. Mm-hmm. And I started to use I, that. I've tried to do prayer. that, but if they will, I've tried that and well, they will break into my meditation. Like, oh, no, I see well, what you're doing. Here, here's the, Don't do that. Yeah, here's, one thing that, here's one thing I was able to do. I actually, in my uh-huh. room, I consider it the most sacred place in my house. I actually, like, lock the door when I sleep at night. And I know that sounds bizarre maybe mm-hmm. to some people, but I seal up my room, so to speak, spiritually. I imagine, I pray. I seal it up, and it's funny because if I had guests visiting my place, someone decides to open Like my mom stays with me sometimes, and she'll open the door at night to let the air in. Guess what happens to me? Yeah. I get woken up. <laughs> so right. try to create those boundaries and define those boundaries with any spiritual elements of the world around you so that they – because they have to respect the boundaries you set. So if it means yeah. pretending you're in a – not pretend. Imagine yourself in this beautiful white cocoon of loving energy that protects you, white light that do not disturb, it camouflages you so that they can't pick up on you, whatever it is you want to do, whatever methodology you'd like to use, I feel like if you have the intention and, you, and, you're, and you're importantly manifesting that, you could potentially learn over time through meditation, prayer, and practice to create a situation for yourself where it's not as disruptive as it was in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, there's the flip side. If you wanted to discover this more, you could explore you know, your, your intuitive side. Some people make the choice to, it's like taking the, the pill from the matrix. You want to know, or you don't want to know. I've known people that don't yeah. want to bother and they try to suppress it. And then there's someone like me right. who over time yeah. embraces it. You got two, ex, two opposite sides of the spectrum, but you can make that decision yourself. Free will plays a role there. Yeah, I know. And yeah, in terms okay. of messaging, 
in terms of messaging, uh-huh. you'll be surprised. I had situations where, like, spirits, like the deceased loved ones will attach to me after I sit next to somebody on the airplane and come, come through that way. Or I've had people where I've been at a party and someone's deceased relative will contact me after the fact, and then I go back to a mutual friend, and I find out it's so-and-so's grandmother that passed away that's trying to get through to comfort her daughter who's been grieving her. So when I get back to relay that mm. message to the daughter, all of a sudden you realize it's a, bigger, it's a bigger purpose. It's not about them scaring you or causing you disruption. They're just literally – Yeah, my mom, yeah, but I'm more these, of – yeah, I'm trying to communicate. You don't have to do all that to get my attention. It's like you can relay well, a message. You don't have to yank you, on you, me or you, pull on me well, and push on me. It's like all that's too extra. Focus your energy on opening yourself up through meditation, and over time, I'm sure you'll be able to receive those messages that you're trying to establish. Yeah, I'm like y'all don't have to tell me. Y'all don't have to get my attention in that way to to get me to see what it is you're trying to say. Just say it. Absolutely. I get frustrated with that. That's it's like, you don't have to yank, push, and pull on me. What is all that about? That's what I'm trying to tell them. It's like, what is all that about? Do you really got to do all absolutely. that to get your message across? Well, I, I, that's what I'm trying to tell you is looking at the big picture of it, I feel like over time you're going to have a mastery of this that you don't have right now, and it's not going to be what it yeah. is. It, it seems, right. seems like right now it's a big elephant in the room. It's just, You know, I remember I used to sleep with the lights on for many, many years. I know I don't usually just admit that in public, but obviously I just did. Yeah. <laughs> so – it was yeah. my way of dealing. Now I sleep perfectly fine with my door locked and the lights are off and I sleep and I have no problem. But if someone opens the door, it like creates this door that they get through. And then I, I, absolutely. And when I visit people at different places, I always try to do the whole cocoon thing in my own mind where I pretend there's loving energy and I lock, you know, I kind of steal myself in a room where I'm comfortable. <laughs> so yeah, that's just my personal oh. feedback. Yeah, I see. Plus some psych. Thanks. But I think you're. You, I do think you have abilities because it sounds exactly like, like when someone first starts out with this stuff. There's a lot of people yeah. who go through a spiritual awakening process, and it's it's mm-hmm. something that people can. I had someone on the show about two years ago, a Hollywood producer, who came on and talked about how he went through like this entire ordeal, and that they thought he was crazy because he was picking up on things, and it wasn't until later on that he realized it was one of his friends who passed away communicating to him. And yeah, that's exactly. I went through the same never, thing. Everybody thought I was crazy, what, you know, because I was going through that. What? I've been psyching ward and you know all that. I mean, the stuff. You know what the difference between the who, Yeah. Well, as I say, the difference between what people call uh, unhinged versus psychic, I mean, it really depends on the information you're picking up and your confidence level and what you do with it. I think, you know, um, I'm not trying to minimalize mental health stuff. I'm saying that people's understanding of this is still we're in an area like the wild west no one in science and no one in our major academia uh has any understanding of what paranormal they call it paranormal and para outside of the norms so you know they just don't understand it yet it's at a lower vibrational frequency that our instruments can't pick right. up on spiritual energy we're just starting to get there now a little bit yeah so i think yeah. it's gonna take a long time but in in reference to your question, I think you're on a good path for yourself. I think you're going to gain some mastery over your abilities in the next few years, and I think you're not going to be as tormented as you feel right now. Okay. So it gets better. Thanks. That's what I definitely okay. needed to know. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate you calling into the show. Thank you. Okay. All right.
Hi, 425. Welcome to the show. This is Jason Zook. May I have your name? And do you have a question? Um, yes. Uh, my name is Kai. I just had a question about one person. Um, her name is Martina. I'm sorry, not Martina. Jessica. I'm sorry. Jessica. And what was and, and what exactly is your question? Um, just wanted to know. Um, I guess like what is her motives or is she um is she doing her job or is there something else going on or I don't know. Was there an argument involving Jessica with somebody? Um it wasn't an argument, but it was kind of like um, it was she said some things to me in the email, and I came back at her. I get I get, I get, get a back and forth, and I get a miscommunication. I get misinterpretation. I get um, awkwardness, and I get hostility in terms of feelings, but not necessarily in action. So I feel like there's misperception between you guys, and I feel like one of, it's almost like one person wants to circle the wagons, and the other person's like, I don't even know what's going on right now. Okay. So hmm. in terms of your question about what's going on with her, I think part of it is there needs to be a direct communication between the two of you where it's not just an email and there needs to be clarity between what's going like your expectations or something's going on there where there's miscommunication that's been spiraling out of control. And one of the ways to cure that is to have direct communication and to work out things. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't I see do... a... Uh-huh. Go ahead. What was that? No, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't see this being something that can't be fixed in the future if you work with each other and have a conscious effort to just dispel of the misunderstandings. I feel like there's a lack of trust right now and that you guys can do some trust-building things in the future if you work with it, each other. The best way okay. I would handle that is to have communication, direct communication, and, and work out whatever. I just think if you leave it alone, it's going to be one of these things that you're going to see it's almost like later on in time you're gonna you're gonna have a communication with each other. You're like, why did we think that with each other? I don't know. You you said blank. Well, I thought you meant that, and it was like, no, I didn't mean that. I feel like it's something like that type of situation oh. down the road. So okay. it's almost so like why me- not quell that now? Yeah. It's a misunderstanding. Uh, a misunderstanding. So how does she feel, like? I almost feel like she's confused. Somebody, one of you okay. two is confused. One I'm of you two is confused because when I'm picking up me. the energy, I feel like that's her response. She's confused like, I don't even know what's going on right now. Oh, got what's you. The, okay. I'm not sure what the cause of this is. Okay. So she's confused, basically. Correct. If it's not you, I okay. feel like it's her and there's miscommunication, like what's going on right now. Yeah, I'm, it's not me. I trust me. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. Okay. No, I'm thinking, when, I say, when I say confused, mm-hmm. I mean confused into the situation. What caused the, the, this, the disagreement? What causes there's, – there's, somebody's having a complete, like, scratching their head, like, how did this even like, escalate to this? I'm not even sure. Okay, it's not me. Um, okay. Because I'm clear on how it occurred. Um, so have you conveyed but, that to her? No. Um, Why not? 
that's what she'd ask you. Why not? Why not come to me as an adult and face me head on and talk to me and let me have a chance to respond to whatever it is you have concerns about rather Mm -hmm. than automatically just assuming something when you haven't given me a chance to really even explain something or discuss something with you. Yeah. Well, she, she, lied in on the email so that's why it's no trust on my part i don't trust her because she lied when somebody lies have you called her out on that have you confronted her about that in person oh she's in another state so okay but i mean have you called when i say in person i mean have you called or communicated or have you made an effort to communicate because you know how emails can go something can be said in an email but the, the tone of it's left out and if you look at the words you're like oh my gosh but in reality, it might have been something completely – I feel like there's more to the situation that both you need to discuss and hash out. Okay. So it's not really so – what I'm getting is that it's not really a big issue. It's just we need to – It's not as bad as you think it is. Yeah, it's not as bad as you think it is. I actually don't think the intention is there and you think it's as bad as it is. I think it's a miscommunication with misperception and misinformation. Those are the three words I get. Oh, okay. And I think if the two, I think if the two of you had communication, you would be able to have a, a better understanding of things, and it won't be as it is right now. Okay, I guess not right. always communicating by email, but on the phone as well. Absolutely, I you know, for my law practice, when people text me, I'd rather call people and talk to them, and because words can be disturbed, uh, disrupted. And, and misinterpreted in so many ways that the inflection of communication, like we're talking right now, you can hear my voice. You can hear the way I'm saying things. You can hear the speed at which I say things, which I say things fast sometimes. But if we were to just use text, none of that's conveyed. So if you're trying to discuss something that's complex or complicated, you know, if you ask, can I meet you at three o'clock? And the person says, yes, that's easy for text. But if you're trying to talk about some misunderstanding, doing it over text is probably the hardest It's just like it's really difficult. I just don't see it being effective. Okay, I got you. All right. Well, thank you. I I just wanted to get that clear. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. All right, bye. Hi, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. This is Ryan. How are you? Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show. What's your question? I got two questions. One, what kind of positive change do you see coming up for me this month? That's too general of a question for me to answer on the show in a five-minute segment. I would want something specific. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, While well, I keep talking about, you know, how excited I am, you know, uh, the school thing, um, mm-hmm. and, of course, the love life. Okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you that you need to have patience with all that. And that right now, calling today or Tuesday, sometimes I, I do the same thing, by the way. I always want to make sure I find out if there's anything else I can find out about. But I'm being told to tell you that you have to have some patience with things. I know. And that trying to find out all the time about certain things isn't going to help you with your anxiety. That things will come. They are coming. But it's on horizon. It's not distant horizon. It's exact timing. If it's this month or May. Or June, it's hard for me to see that, but I can just tell you that you have to have confidence and have patience. So it's that's what coming. I'm getting. So it's coming. You can. I'm telling you that you have to have patience with the process of your life. That you can't look at your life and automatically, constantly worry 
there's things coming your way that you have to live your life and expect to happen, and it will happen. That's okay. what I'm getting to tell you. Okay, I got it. Okay? And also, one last thing. Do you see me? Because because of this pandemic, I've been very frustrated with some certain things. That Do you see me being doing my own thing until fall 2021 or early 2022? Do you see me shutting anybody out of my family or something, or no? Do I see you shutting anyone out of your family? Shutting someone out of my family. Like, if – I'm not trying to be – you know what I mean, like, because of this pandemic. When you say shutting someone out, what does that mean? I'm trying to understand your question. Okay. Meaning that, you know, pushing some people away because of the pandemic. Okay. I still don't follow your question, though. Okay. Are you going to have a, a change in your residency? Are you going to have a change in people living with you? Is that what you're asking me? No, I mean that doing my own thing, like waiting. Huh? I'm trying to. Follow, I'm just. You're general, and it's hard to understand in a short segment what you mean. So. Okay. Uh, like you know, lashing out, yelling at someone, and. Someone. Were you lashing out and yelling at somebody? Yeah, because of this pandemic. Well, I would always tell you, I would always tell you that that's not a good excuse to lash out and yell at anyone, even if it's a pandemic or anything. You need to be respectful of other people. So, okay. if you're asking me what should, how you should handle that, I would say to try to cope and manage your anxiety and not lash out at people in your family. That's not going to be good for them or you. Get it? Sorry. No, it's nothing to apologize for. What I'm telling you is everything you're asking me, trust me, all of us on this planet are dealing with these same type of issues. You know, wanting to get past being stuck in this past year and a half of our lives and wanting to advance ourselves in everything possible. But it's also like it's hard because we all have to be patient and get still through the process of where we are and where we're headed. And that's what I think the life lesson that you're dealing with, like every single one of us is collectively dealing with as well. We all want to move to that next part of our lives, but we have to get still through the funk of now. And it's going to happen. You get through these things. We all will. That's what I'll say and leave with you before I conclude my show. But um, I appreciate okay. you calling in, though. I, I'm sorry if I, I asked that kind of question. No, you don't have to apologize. I'm just telling you what I'm picking up. So hang okay. in there and stay positive. Okay? Right. Thank you. Guys. All right. All right. I added a couple extra minutes to the show because I wanted to try to take every caller we had. And if there's anyone on the line that I didn't get to today because there are more callers left, I apologize for that in advance. I just um, will, if you want, you can email me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com, with your name and phone number and say that you're online tonight, on cue tonight for a reading and that you weren't able to get called. And I'll be happy to put you at the front of the list for Monday. Uh, I will be back on Monday at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. and uh, still doing a nightly episode. I just for our audience, and I know there was two episodes this week that didn't happen. Uh, the first one was Block Talk Radio Monday night. That was a technical error. It had nothing to do with me. And then the second one was my error. I went to program the show, and it, it for some reason didn't um, follow through. So my apologies for that. But we will um, over time do more of these episodes, and we'll get better at it. So. I want to thank Dr. Walker for coming on the show and sharing her experiences and sharing her book, The Hurt From Within, self-help book. And I encourage every one of you to 
Think of the things we talked about there in the interview. Check out her book. It's available, as I said previously, it's on Amazon. I will put the link in the show notes to this podcast. And I think Dr. Walker was a, a great example of somebody who, just like most of us, is navigating through the new normal that we have. And she's done a lot of meaningful things in her life. And especially since the pandemic, I really support volunteerism, philanthropy, uh, philanthropy, sorry, and a lot of these other aspects of things. And I like to showcase people who are notable. So if anyone in the audience has individuals that you'd like me to consider as notable people that do things that are above the average, I would love to receive your information as well. Feel free to reach out to me. In terms of a programming of the show, we're going to continue with things. I still have uh, regular guests coming on, special guests for interviews. We will be building up content for the YouTube channel. That's We're in the process of doing that at this time. So when we are finalizing that, as more videos go up, I will let every one of you know about the Social Psychic YouTube channel as well. Feel free to reach out to me, as I said, info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. I also want to announce to the audience that if there's anyone who wants to book readings with me, I finally have listened to the critiques of the fact that I wasn't always as timely with scheduling people requesting appointments because of other things going on with my life. And I finally have an automated process available on the Social Psychic website, www.thesocialpsychic.com. If you go to the tab that says book a reading with Jason Zook, you'll see the automated process and you'll just be able to book something on my schedule. So I appreciate everyone taking advantage of that moving forward because I really don't want to miss anyone who would like to have a reading with me. I enjoy it just as much as, as anyone I work with. Point of reflection, I've really been enjoying doing these extra shows, and I look forward to doing more of them. And thank you, each of you, for supporting me and the show and, and everything that we're trying to do with it. Until next time, stay positive, because when you're positive, anything's possible. And I really liked today when Dr. Walker said, make a mark and not a scar. That's such a great message. Two points of reflection to consider. Thank you so much. Until next time, look forward to our reconvening next Monday, 8 p.m. Thank you. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com 
for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win, earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. 